please. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you know, we can stop the applicant's time if we're, yeah, okay. That's that's not a really great image, but um, you you have nothing else, a drawing, anything else. It's just difficult to see yeah, that. There you go. How's that? I mean, it's up on the screen. I, I can see it much better on the screen. On this. Okay. Yeah. And that is what was in the plan. So. Okay. I ju I just like to comment. I appreciate your forthrightness that this is the fourth time this has come to this commission, not the second. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, and I would like to say that we did um, take uh, the feedback of the commission to heart, and uh, we did pull things back. And you know, with with uh, regard to you know, adjusting the windows on the, you know, on the uh, glass door front to, uh, you know, a, an iteration from the 50s. You know, I, I wondered at that considering, you know, it would uh, take it out of character of what's occurring at the rear and what's occurring now. And, uh, yeah, and I didn't want to uh, fall into the trap of, you know, trying to make it look as though it was existing. Commissioner Lee, do you have any questions of the architect? I don't have any questions at this time. Thank you. So I would like to ask uh, specifically, were you through with your presentation? Did you have anything else? Or are you ready for specific questions? You know what, to be honest, I did have some notes, but... Uh, okay, why don't we let we, give you a chance to go through them, and then we'll ask you our questions. Well, to be honest, Chair, uh, Matt did such a thorough job that I think uh, he covered everything, so I'd, I'd be happy to answer questions. Okay, I just want to make sure you get all your time. Um, can we go back to the slide that had, it had more specific detail of the guardrails, the vertical nature, and then the vertical windows behind it, the accordion doors. Do, I don't know what slide that was, sorry. Do you know which one I mean? Bear with us a moment. Well, we'll we'll share the here. presentation. Then it's too small for me. Um, okay, so the the far right is the proposal. Yeah, um, I want to just clarify that you. I thought I heard you indicate that the part of this more vertical design was to, for lack of a better word either complement the back decking or, or um, you know, uh, use that design again, which they're two different facades. So to me, that's not necessary. So what I'm wondering is the vertical panes, if you will, on the accordion doors, are they such because they need to to uh, 
go back or, or in other words i think that you know if you're trying to do i'm wondering why you didn't um consider the uh, a clear glass in front of the um those windows if you're saying you wanted to design the windows closer to what they look like in the 40s which is all over this report that that's what it was the what was happening um i think that you've you've sort of inauthentically created that look in the railing and i'm wondering why that wasn't uh was that deliberate because that that aspect is not there at all now as we know uh actually we did our best to uh, uh, recreate the uh, uh, the guardrail that's being used at the rear, and in, that's just been installed in the new uh, rear deck on the lower on the lower level. Um, that's uh, we used essentially the same same details, the same um, dimensions for the for the steel. And I just, oh, I'm sorry. The one thing I would say, you know, the primary goal with the, uh, uh, with the door, with the opening, was just to achieve as big a door as possible. Yeah. So with that in mind, and you're saying that, there, that this is a Juliet balcony, meaning very narrow, is that correct? That's right. So you're not having anybody actually come out behind this glass. The glass is just there so, so no one falls off of it, right? That's right. But there's no tables or anything out there. No, is th I, I see that. I'm just trying to get at why they're opening up the front. In a sense, chair, the uh, the indoor becomes the outdoor in a way. It almost uh, there are indoor space, which we're you know if we get to the planning and building, we're going to have to deal with that with uh, occupancy and all that good stuff. Right, but that's not our purview. But I right. that did occur to me. <laughs> But this is essentially an addition of 219 square feet of, uh, of conditioned space at the front of the, uh, of the restaurant. And uh, we just, you just wanted to give it a nice opening in the feel of a balcony. But of course, we can't have people falling over. So, so there's not going to be any people out there. I'm, what I'm getting at is, is the fact that you initially came in with a deck with people over the street. And you've pulled that back flush with the uh, the arch opening, um, but you're, what I'm hearing is there aren't there aren't going to be any people out there. This is just for viewing that you're opening up this window. Is that right? That's correct. Okay, so no people out there. Just just a focal point for a view that will be flush. So can I ask you then about the materials that are going to be needed to be removed? Um, in the um, I'm sorry, I'm looking for the these quotes that I've been hearing and standards that I've been hearing interwoven in here. Okay, on the first page, um, our report from uh, the historical consultant. Uh, states that the the building has been highly altered and its use and occupancy changed, and that's true. It's no longer a grocery store. 
Um, then it gets down into um, the glazing and the guardrails and the doors. Um, it's saying that it, this design requires minimal changes to the front arch or barrel roof and that the features are not being modified, uh, the main features. But then when we get over into our um, resolution, um, I want to read the last page. And it says that um, while the proposed modification would, re would require removal of and alteration to some historic materials, so this is acknowledging that you're going to be demolishing some historic materials, these changes are min minimal. And I think from what we've seen, it would be a fair subjective review that, that, that they are minimal. But they are historic uh, materials, as this as staff has told us. Um, so how are you going to, how do you see, I haven't heard any talk about that. Uh, is the plaster going to be put there where I think it was identified that it's existing now as wood? Or how, do you, do, uh, is that clear what area I'm talking about? I believe so. Because I think we have like, we have it touched in a couple of documents here, but I think this is the clearest the re in the resolution acknowledging that materials are going to be removed. What I'm getting at is I want to hear what your plan is and then I want to make sure that those materials that are being removed that they are either being replaced or rehabbed or whatever to match the existing facade as, as much as possible to do. I don't want to leave that open. Sure. Well, um, to answer the question, I'm just going to go over each of the primary elements in the facade. So there's the arch. You know, the, uh, the arch itself is going to remain unchanged. Uh, the horizontal band is going to remain unchanged. Signage unchanged. Now, um, what's occurring directly above the, uh, the horizontal band will be altered. There's about a, uh, if I recall, about a six to eight inch drop from the uh, floor level of the restaurant down to the level of that horizontal band. But luckily, uh, the structure of the building continues, you know, to right up to that band. So what we're going to do is we're going to basically create a platform there, like a six-inch platform, you know, and that's going to be, you know, the new the new floor area of the uh, of the restaurant. And so there will be, um, and it won't protrude out past the arch. Like I said, there is going to be relief. Um, and it'll uh, stop about six inches short of the front face of the building. And I would, s but, in, but in that, in that particular sense, I'm, I'm just having trouble seeing exactly what's going to be removed other than the, uh, perhaps the ceiling. Uh, I think the staff indicated that when they gave their staff report, and I believe it was the, the more goldy or brownie color. So maybe I should be asking staff that. Yes. I want to make sure. And the, um, those posts that are shown there in, on the left, they're going to be removed as well. But to my knowledge, they're not, um, uh, they're not historic. Do we know if they're weight-bearing? They weren't there before, right, in some other way? 
Yeah, thankfully they're not, no. Yeah, we were wondering that as well. I would say I believe the um, bringing the storefront forward, it, that in itself is closer to the historic, from what I understand. So what I just heard was that you're going to equalize the depth of the restaurant so there's no transition space anymore, which would come out to the deck and be not the deck, the Juliet balcony, and be even. Is that right? Right. So from the look outside, is that going to be then, uh, did you say six inches m more that you're going to see where that those guardrails are? They're six inches behind the face. So the face okay. is here, yeah, just six inches. Yeah, and I've read the staff report. I'm just trying to make sure we talk this through and there's a record of it. Sure. Okay. Well, those are my comments at the moment, and um, I know we have to take public comment, and I want to hear more from commissioners. So we can make comments after we um, finish with questions for the applicant, if you have any more, and then we'll go to the for public comments. Any other questions? No? I don't have any questions at this time. Okay. I think what you're describing is in the section is called sleeper. That's correct. Yeah. Vice Chair. Any other questions? No. Okay, so now's the time. Thank you. Thank you. We may ask you some more questions when we come back, but we'll just open it up for public comment now. Is there anyone, uh, I don't, anyone in the public that would like to comment on this project? Looking to the audience for raised hands, seeing none. Looking to the Zoom application, seeing none. Back oh to you, Chair. Okay, thank you. So we will close public comment, and it's back to the Commission. And we are as being asked tonight to uh, review this revision to the application and uh, be able to make the findings that were shown to us um, and consider uh, the analysis from our historical city's historical architect evaluator I'm not sure what the title her title is architect so do you want to do would anybody like I to start actually I would actually move approval of this with a couple of conditions the one is as the uh, Ms. Holen our historic architect consultant recommends that the glazing uh, be more horizontal in its emphasis rather than vertical because I think the original tent, having seen two or three more of these uh, supermarkets and other locations, was to emphasize the width of the arch rather than the vertical height of the arch. And I don't believe that should it uh, require, and if you look at the historic photograph, you can see it rather clearly. I don't think that should require additional expense. It should just be a redesign. I think we're talking about mullions, even in the folding windows, um, rather than the vertical emphasis that's shown here. And I think that would be an improvement. I also don't believe we should reapprove if it was ever approved the signage that exists on the building because we're making a significant alteration to that elevation. And I think the signage should comply with the current City of Sausalito Historic District design uh, guidelines for signage. 
and um, I also would condition the repair of the roof area to the whatever direction, I'll call it left of this elevation, which is between the historic structure we approved at our last meeting and this building, uh, because I think it's very detrimental to both structures. And I think whether or not that's being taken care of otherwise by the city, I think it should be a condition of approval of this proposal. So with that, I'd recommend approval. And I do appreciate that the architect and the owner have been listening <laughs> as we've talked about this in terms of this elevation. And I think this is a valid attempt to comply. I just think with those what I would consider to be modest uh, changes that we approve this and move forward. So just to make this into motion form, you're, and I, if I don't get this correct, please correct me, you're, you're uh, moving to approve the design with the conditions that, do you want to just repeat those three categories? It's your motion. I want to make sure you can get it seconded. A, that we comply with the recommendation of our own historic architect's recommendation, which is on her second page of her letter which refers to our own <laughs> chapter two, section 2.2 historic design guidelines recommends that altered storefront should be repaired to its original design. We're not gonna repair it to its original design, but, but this would make it more proximate what uh, Ms. Holen is recommending, which is a more horizontal emphasis on the uh, mullions uh, and, and this elevation rather than a vertical emphasis. Is that clear to you, sir? Yes, I can. Uh, the second comment was that um, I don't believe this should include approving the current signage, which I don't believe is in compliance with our uh, historic district uh, signage guidelines. That's not to say there can't be signage, but <laughs> of course, but I think this might have been approved or not approved at a different point in time. And I think that uh, the architecture, as we said in our last discussion with the previous building next door, that the architecture and its historic significance is the prominent element and not the signage. And uh, so therefore I would recommend that we have a, um, second submission for revised signage that would be in compliance with our own design guidelines. And last, <laughs> I think that the repair of that area between the two historic structures needs to be made as part of this project. It's a real eyesore. And I think that it would be important that we not just focus on the purity buildings, original arch and so forth, but also recognize that between it and the next door neighbor is a rather unsightly set of piping and disrepaired siding and even not even painted siding the last time I looked at it. So those are the three conditions I, I would uh, have, other than to say, I think, again, that this 
owner and his or her architect have been responsive to our criticisms of this. And I think the outcome could be a very significant addition to, to the historic district, including the idea that people would look out from inside that building down Princess Street and be able to share that view as well as looking back to the city of San Francisco on the other side of the building. So I, that's my recommendation and my uh, uh, motion. Is there that's a second? Not too is complex for everybody to understand. Well, hang on, we're not through yet. Is there a second to that motion? Just as he stated it. it, it uh, if I may jump in for a moment before uh, we get a second, I'd like to recommend a slight clarification to the third element that Vice Chair recommended as related to signage and historic uh, uh, design in general. The historic design guidelines themselves are a document that is as separate from our municipal code. And with that in mind, I'd recommend that we slightly alter the motion um, to instead of referring to those guidelines, refer to chapter 10.42 of our code, which is the sign and awning regulations. That's fine. I was going to see if we had a second and offer some friendly amendments to make it concise for planning, but I don't see we have a second yet. You can when the motion's second and there's discussion. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was just following up on the signage. Okay, I'll, I'll second this to keep it going. Is there any discussion on the motion? This is the time that you can offer amendments, friendly amendments that have to be acceptable to the original motion maker, or we can offer a different motion. Is that correct, Director Phipps? Thank you. Um, so as the applicant hasn't made the sign um, part of this permit request and is intending to keep what they have, I took a quick look in the Title 10 zoning for signs, and it appears that the size and placement in materials are consistent with what's permitted in the historic district. So perhaps what we should be doing is you're directing staff to ensure that it is in compliance with zoning. And, and if not, then recommend the commission require a new sign permit. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So um, I would like to offer a couple of friendly amendments, just keeping in the spirit with your original uh, conditions, added conditions, which I think are good. And I think we've talked about throughout the meeting. Uh, in relationship to the uh, accordion doors, I agree with uh, adding a mullion that represents a more horizontal um, image to, since the glazing keeps being referred back to the 1940, the glazing was horizontal. Um, and the signage, I would have just said that the signing, the signage is not included in this application. It is not in the resolution. We're being told that there's no change, but that during the review process with planning or however you want to do this, that the current signage direction as quoted in the zoning that uh, planner uh, Kirsten just um, quoted to us is checked at that time because this is replacement in kind. It's the existing. Is that okay? Not, there's no new signage here. 
There's nothing that needs to be approved that we're being asked to approve, nor is any resolution that we can't approve. So that's something you do internally. If it's proposed later that that changes, signing needs to come back to the HPC. Okay? Uh, and then, well, hang on. I've got one more. Um, and then, uh, in terms of the, uh, I think, well, at least non-conforming installation on the roof line, it looks at 660 to the left, adjacent to 666 Bridgeway. Um, I just wanted to clarify the two addresses, that it's it's Purity and it's the other, or it's Barrel House and the other, so that for to just to put the addresses in of where you would like the compliance or code it's enforcement. Or it's between it, yeah. Okay, it, uh, all right, those are my amendments. I don't know if you accept those or not. I'm just trying to really condense this down because the motion usually has some direct actions that staff can then take, so. Well, I don't accept the latter. Uh, the, what I'm describing as this condition is part of the 660 building. It's not a part of the original Okay. Purity arch, but it's a part of this building, and it's directly related to the this elevation. And um, I'm sorry, but I also don't accept that we don't have authority associated with the letters on this building. We're changing the whole elevation on the second floor. The signage is on the second floor. The signage should need to come into conformance with our current code, not whatever was in place at that point in time. So you want, there's no application or request for signage approval on this. There's a <laughs> request to approve the whole s second story elevation of this building which includes the signage. The signage is called out separate in the zoning. There's not an application to t deal with zoning, I, with signage. I don't care, frankly. I think that the signage is hideous and distracts from the building right now. And it's a billboard sign, and that's not what we require in, in our historic district. And if we're approving all of the things that lead right to those signs, we're approving a significant change to the second floor elevation of this building, totally. Okay, so just to be clear, your motion, you have not accepted friendly amendments, which is fine in your prerogative. The original motion includes a requirement that the uh, accordion doors feature a more horizontal element through mullions. Is that no, that's incorrect. It's all of the glazing on the second story. It's not just the doors. A lot of that is not anything to do with the doors. Okay, we need to be really clear in the in the in the motion then. I think you're making it unclear <laughs> yourself. I'm Sorry. trying to get a, a motion that is The accordion doors are only part of the second Can floor. Can you restate what you desire then, please? All all of the glazing on the second story elevation should respond to our historic preservation architect's recommendation and the photography of the original 1941 building as shown in the report 
that is horizontal in its emphasis and not vertical. Perfect. That's clear. So that's clear. You want your signage to be, you want the signage to not be allowed in this design. Is that correct? Saying that the signage should be revised and resubmitted according to our current code and emphasis on how we utilize signage in the historic district. And because this predates this submission, I don't believe that holds any standing, frankly, because we're revising the entire elevation from the crossbar up, which includes the current signage. <laughs> so can you summarize the action? Is it? I'm summarizing the action as approving the proposal without the current signage. Okay, that's good, thank you. And then on the last one, you objected to the adding the just the two addresses of the adjacent buildings? No. That's all I was I just want to make sure that it's clear that what I'm talking about is associated with the current building so that's there, not that arch. So would that be a code review or code enforcement of yes. what has been previously approved? No, I doubt that it was approved, to be honest. Well, it's previously approved without that. What was? I don't know. What, you're asking for a review, right? No. <laughs> okay. If we go back to some of the photographs, you can see it. I presented it at least twice in hearings. I don't think anybody that's been to the site hasn't seen it. What I'm suggesting that it be code enforced and that it be made a priority as a part of this approval. That's great. There's an action they can take. That's perfect. Okay, so we, there's a motion on the floor with a second. We've had some discussion. Chair Phipps, can you uh, call? call roll? Happy to. Thank you, Chair. Thank Com you. Commissioner Lee. Uh, I'm going to abstain for this motion with lack of context for uh, past positions and uh, uh, that have gone forward. Vice Chair Newman. Yes. Chair Nichols. Uh, no, and it's only because I want to get clearer on the signage language, uh, and that's what I'm objecting to in this current motion. Um, I would like an offer to an offer another just plain condition uh, that says that as we've heard from the applicant, this signing, the signage is being proposed to be reused, and before it's reapplied, it go it have a review of the current requirements as to size, et cetera, et cetera, so that it's not reinstalled. And I hear you as the applicant. I'm just trying to make the condition to satisfy this uh, objection, so that it's it's not installed so that it meets the current standards for, for signage in the historic district. That would be a motion. I'll second it. Okay. And just to confirm, this includes the additional items provided by Vice Chair and the original motion. I don't know if he accepted that as, a, as an amendment, but if, if we yes, could Yes, I will. Great, we got it in one motion. Thank you, Chair. Okay. I will call roll. Commissioner Lee? Yes. Commissioner Weber is not here. 
Vice Chair Newman? Yes. Chair Nichols? Thank you, yes. Motion passes. Great. Thank you. <laughs> we have a happy applicant. It looks so happy. Thank you. Okay. Uh, next on the agenda is. I can't wait to read what we just approved. Uh, <laughs> well, we could ask for a readout. Well, why don't we do that? Yeah. Would you mind, Community Development Director, just reading back our, our motion? Because that was whoever was taking minutes on that would probably jump off a bridge. Well, I can I can do my best, uh, okay. but we before do. Before we get out of the chambers, we'll make sure and we're all on the same page. Before we see the minutes well, for the, the next uh, meeting. Well, and this item is recorded, so that will okay. be reflected in the minutes based on the recording. Okay. But uh, but what I can say is that uh, there are three elements to the motion. The first element of the motion is related to Chapter 2, Section 2.2 of the City's Historic Design Guidelines, particular recommendation that the applicant alter the storefront and repair it uh, more in like with its original design, specifically as related to the second story, um, so that it resembles the original 1941 glazing pattern, specifically related to the mullions uh, with a horizontal um, iconography. Uh, second item is related to the signage, and the condition there is that we ensure that the signage is brought, is reviewed firstly by staff and brought into compliance with Chapter 10.42 of our Municipal Code, Signs and Awning Regulations. Um, if it is compliant, we will make no change. If it is not compliant, we will work with the applicant to get to compliance. Uh, the third element is related to Yes, the, uh, the HVAC or the elements on the left side of the building that may not be in compliance and may not have been previously approved. And that is between uh, or adjacent to 666 Bridgeway, but within the building, 660. Excellent job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. Thank you for bearing with me on that. We're all good with yeah. that action? Thank you. I just, I thought it was good to do that. Well, it's, everybody's heard the same thing, so I think well, we're good. given our discussion about the minutes the last time, I thought we'd better do it right now. <laughs> okay, so uh, our next item, which is always interesting and a good thing, is communications. So we have, uh, under communications tonight, we have 7A. The commission has been recently provided with update updated Historical Preservation Commission binders, which are excellent resources for commissioners to use for various parts, uh, aspects of the job. And we were given those at our last meeting and asked to do some homework and review them and come back if we have any questions. So uh, if anybody would like to start or comments, um, they, they can do so now. Excuse me, uh, Director Phipps, did you want to uh, have some comment on this topic? Uh, w we have Principal Planner Kristen Tyke joining us um, to help to address any questions from commissioners. However, uh, no, I think that you introduced the item just fine. We, we are happy to answer any questions um, or follow up in connection with questions that we can't answer in this moment as related to those welcome binders. 
Thank you. I'm sorry I just launched right into it. I was so excited to get the binders. No, that's great. And, <laughs> I, and I have some communication <laughs> items that will follow this item. Um, okay. But but yeah, let's 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 address the welcome binder discussion first. Great. Thank you. Anybody? Would anyone like to start? There was a a lot of information in that binder, so. Um, don't be shy about asking. Now's the time we can get the department's clarification. Anybody wants to go for it. Great. Thank you, Chair. I have um, uh, two topics. One I think is very operational and can be very uh, concise. As the newest uh, commissioner, I am just looking for guidance in a, a direct next step for Form 700 to complete the task. This can be taken. Um, doesn't have to happen now, but just support and guidance and uh, what needs to be done to complete that task. Thank you. Anything else? Um, I do have a second. This is more abstract, and I'd welcome a discussion um, relative to um, the purview of the committee. It's it's clear to me that um, this this committee exists to review applications, as we've done here tonight, to make recommendations to the planning commission, to advise city council. Um, and, and these are taken from the website on, on acceptance of donations and acquisitions of historical value and also advise city council on matters related to historical and cultural preservation. And um, I'd, I'd like to open, uh, make a comment and explore a discussion around uh, a, an analysis of those being very reactive in, in structure and wondering if the historical preservation committee could could explore what proactive measures could be taken uh, within the community. Um, this this may or may not include uh, uh, um, ideas in collaboration with organizations that are in this work, Historical Preservation Society here in Sausalito, the school district, whatever it may be. Um, but I just put that out there for a topic and, and trying to be more proactive in our purview. Great. David, do you have any have anything? Um, I can just say that uh, traditionally there has been a relationship with the historic uh, historical society because in the previous days when we this commission did all the reports, we relied on them very heavily for their records. So they've always been cooperative, and perhaps it's something that can be uh, re re-emphasized, but I will say that there is not really any, their mission is different than having any expertise in building and preservation. So, uh, but which is not to say we couldn't, if you have any ideas, uh, put them out about how we could work with them. Yeah. Um, as the chair may recall, when she first rejoined, it's on. I know, but I don't know if they can hear you. <laughs> Can you hear me or do you not want to hear me? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they want to hear you. That's why I want to hear you too. That's why we're saying get on that mic. Uh, we tried a, a year or so ago or two years ago maybe uh, before uh, the chair was back on the commission or just as she was rejoining. And um, we had some a couple of workshops with the uh, Historical Society. Uh, two comments. One, they would be happy to be involved in some sort of survey work if it was very clear what their responsibilities and quote liabilities would be because uh, as you might guess some residents for 
sometimes uh, inaccurate reasons, would prefer that their residence or commercial facility or whatever not be considered to be historic because they would consider that that would mean that they would be subject to additional regulation and potentially additional cost. So the society was uh, concerned, and I'm talking about the leadership group and some volunteers, not, we didn't, oh boy. Uh, we didn't um, have a meeting at large with the society, but we had representatives and, and including their elected folks. On the other hand, they would like to see that they could contribute to what we do. Uh, one of the comments was so that we don't have to hire consultants <laughs> all the time. Uh, but then that gets into the issue of level of expertise and the training involved. But the notion of doing HABS, H-A-B-S survey type of work uh, was rampant at the time because Newtown was being uh, considered for several major projects, which uh, a number of the neighbors were not in favor of because of the size, uh, because of the issues that you would think of that would come to mind like traffic and so forth. Uh, meaning that a sing single family residences would be replaced by multi-family. I don't believe any of those went forward. I could be corrected on that, but that was a concern of the Preservation Society at the time. Uh, and they were talking about being willing to volunteer a Saturday with appropriate instruction to go out and take a, what I call, windshield survey, although they would be walking, not in their car, but the idea of just basically what's there, what's it look like, and so forth. So there was a kind of a yin and a yang, if you will, on that, where they wanna be involved, but they don't wanna be considered to be, excuse me, part of the Sausalito establishment, and that's, you know, there are several of us in this room that are employed by the city, not me, but I've been employed by cities and others, and so I understood what they were concerned about. So I, I think it would be, with that group anyway, <laughs> it would be something that would be uh, carefully approached. Uh, they did like the idea that we shared their library and their references upstairs. They're fully willing to collaborate with that. But again, their limited resources in terms of bringing those things online, for example, are even up to date. And so um, they're volunteers. Uh, and that's kind of, we had maybe three hour long meetings that were very well taken, but we didn't come out the other side with any action item, okay? Uh, I think we were also waiting for the, the historic context statement to be finished, which it now is. 
And then the next step would have been the survey. Right. And one of the ideas was, as I already said, to utilize them to do some of the on-the-ground work. And I've had experience with using graduate students, not in historic preservation, but just well-meaning graduate students and so forth, that I think they could do a credible job, but it would require that there be oversight by professionals, whether it's the staff here or whether it would be a consultant staff, that they would feel then they weren't, re I'm going to use the word carefully here, liable for what they had done, meaning if they guessed wrong or guessed, you know, off base some way. Does that make sense to people? Okay, so it was a very good session or three, but we didn't come to any actionable conclusion on that. But I think since some of the same people are in the senior positions or uh, whatever at the society, I think they could be approached again about being uh, part of this. One of the things we suggested at that time, again, no one else other than me was present, uh, that possibly one of the positions on this commission would be reserved for someone who was a part of uh, the historic society uh, because of their interest in their dedication, which is, you know, it's, a, it's right there. They can do it. Uh, it doesn't require any action, uh, but I think one could imagine they could be encouraged to want to participate in that regard. And there are, um, although uh, I'm saying this as a senior, <laughs> a lot of people think of the society as senior, uh, but there are a lot of younger members of the society, and I think that they would have a more... Mm, particular interest in what the context of Sausalito today is, and that might be very, very good to engage. So that's my comment. Thank you for those comments. It's very helpful. Um, and I think to your, to the, to the last point, I'd be interested in, uh, should they have interests exploring how we might promote preservation and, and, uh, of, of our town, of our city. Um, I think that's, it's well-meaning. The foundation is there and uh, I, would, I would be willing and excited to engage in conversation. I think also, and Vicki probably knows a lot more about this than I do, um, there may be a couple of other groups around that would have interest in working with staff as well as commissioners if we could do it together uh, on certain sort of projects. I, I, I guess the one thing I think of is I've been approached walking down the street periodically about the ferry landing. <laughs> Everybody has an opinion about the ferry landing, that's for sure. And um, not that you need any more opinions. Right, Mr. I Pips. think the community development director is going <laughs> to hide. But yeah. uh, there are definitely other areas in the city that that have historic significance. And I would point to landscape uh, as one of those because Sausalito Beautiful, I just 
participated in the pig exercise at one of our parks a couple weeks ago. We had 45 people and they weren't all neighbors that were out there weeding, you know, and mm -hmm. so forth. And it's because they cared about it. And what we found out there were some historic kind of herb gardens that somebody had planted somewhere along the line that, of course, the city wasn't taking care of anymore. But, I mean, you find those little things and you know that they're a part of the community, they're a part of the neighborhood, but uh, it's, it's amazing what people will care about when it comes to landscape more than, you know, as an architect, more than they do about architecture, which I can appreciate. reason I brought that up, Vicki, is you know well we've talked about the fact that this commission really has responsibility for historic landscapes as right. as well as buildings. Right. And I think that gets lost. Oh, I'm sorry, I turned it off, didn't I? One of, uh, one of the things we talked about in terms of being, you know, you hate to use the term proactive, but it's the idea was that we could start to help Parks and Rec in a way to promote uh, the notion of what's historic. And then you bring in Sausalito Beautiful. And when you do that, you're bringing in some really interested folks, let's put it that way. I can attest having recently volunteered for the cleanup on Southview Park, which was also well attended. I think probably 25, 30 people. Um, I'll close with this last comment. It's in and around youth engagement. I wonder how we could explore the next um, supporting the next generation of those interested in history. Um, and this could include in partnership with Sausalito Beautiful Historical Society. There's numerous projects that exist in, in the public space in K-12 in around History Day preservation, uh, which could be uh, interested or worth exploring. Great ideas. I will just add that uh, a couple of things. The Historical Society is their separate own nonprofit. They have nothing to do with the city of Sausalito, but the city graciously allows them to be in that space. So there's no direct correlation to the city, except for geography. We're very lucky with Sausalito Beautiful right now to have as the president a former HPC person that helped me write and others write the historic downhunt historic guidelines was on the commission when we got our CLG certification and uh, was also set with me on the planning commission. He's an architect and a landscaped architect. So Sausalito Beautiful is in good shape and he's very enthusiastic. That's Morgan Pierce. Um, I, I like all these ideas, but let me touch back with what um, I had comments on the binder because some of these I want to see how we can get the ideas done. So I have some other uh, questions uh, about um, how we might be able to do some of these things. First of all, I wanted to just make sure that everybody in the binder uh, found their own section on the map. Uh, well, that's how we need to recuse ourselves. So that's the reference, um, that everybody's clear about the Brown Act uh, that was in there. If there's any questions, okay. Yeah. I. <laughs> I've tried to do that. I am not arguing about it, but I think the GAA should be looked at again because uh, I'm not sure <laughs> it's accurate in all cases. 
and some of the places where it touches just the boundary of a property line, that that seems to me a bit of a stretch too. But I've never had to recuse myself on that, thankfully. Yeah, but, I uh, have. So, but yeah. uh, well, you're in a different neighborhood. But yeah. I, I think it's. Uh, I don't know. I just ask if I think that one looks the same as it did to me when I joined this commission like seven years ago. Right. And GIS has changed a lot <laughs> in that period of time. So I would just, maybe it's bigger, maybe it's smaller. I don't know, but I'm just saying it, I don't know who has time to do that. <laughs> and I'm not asking it be done, but I'm just saying when I looked at the one I had from uh, seven, 2017, I looked at this one, they were exactly the same. I believe it is. I know it's probably bigger. Uh, yeah. And I'm not arguing, I'm just saying, you know. So I would suggest that GIS has been changed. I would suggest that if in the case that you see that a property might be borderline on your map, you check with staff and see what their uh, recommendation is about you needing to recuse if you if you have an odd one. Um, the next thing I wanted to talk about, which I didn't see in the binder, but um, are the requirements for being on our commission. And some of them, um, and I'm, what I'm getting at, is we have the opportunity and the requirement as a certified local government to submit to the state of California in April each year our annual report. And we have to meet certain qualifications, some of which are the composition and experience of our members. Another one is we are required to do some training throughout the year to get expertise. So this has to be reported on these reports and we couldn't do one, but I intend to get one done <laughs> next year by April because once we get our report in, we can compete for grants. A grant could be help with training the Historical Society volunteers about how we do a survey. So there's a nexus between all these things that I see, see are really doable. Um, and in addition um, to the qualifications in this training, uh, I have communicated with the state and, and, and community development director knows this because he's CC'd on it, but in our um, sort of CLG charter, it permits a chair of a commission to contact them directly and see what kind of training they have. So my next request, sort of a segue um, to our community development director would be to follow up or communicate with however you do it our mayor made a statement the other night at the council meeting that she knew there were vacancies. We have one vacancy. I would just see if we could, if we're, if we're giving you a communal push to relay that, that it would be excellent to get that um, interviews scheduled for the fifth HPC person. And then I can go back to the state and hopefully we can get training for all of us. We'd all hear it at once and they may be more likely to come do it. I don't know how long it will take, but it, it roots in what the CLG is, what the requirements are. There are resources, staff knows for help, uh, and all kinds of things, but more importantly, we'll get up to speed with our training and this and that, do a great report, and get some grant money. The first year that we got certified, the, the historic district Historic Overlay District Guidelines, which you saw in your binders, 
were paid for by the first grant we got. After we were certified, we got $12,500. So you can see some actual tangible um, results that the city wouldn't have had the money to do. And we're using them now. Everybody's using them now. So that's, that's kind of my energy here, and I think everybody, um, I think we'll all benefit from it and, and be doing the city a good service and job. Um, along with that, I wanted to ask um, uh, Commissioner of Com Community Development uh, Director Phipps, I'm sorry, I'm tired a little bit. Um, what is the status, do you know? Are we still a member of the California Preservation Foundation? We were at one point. It's pretty nominal fee. If we are, some of this training we can get maybe in recordings. And I know what we did at one time. I don't know everybody's schedule. But a couple times, Calvin at lunch would say, you can watch this if you want. But you also get the recording so we could play it later. That requires uh, that requirement can be satisfied for our training if we listen to these. I just went through a three-part boot camp on the Secretary of Interior standards. It was excellent. So I have the recordings, but I don't know if I can give them. I, I'll see if I can give them out. But they were really um, great follow-up on our binders and how once we get some of the once we get our inventory done of our structures we can use some of these tools. We may not get all the grants, but we can certainly know how we can help the city in getting some funding for some of this stuff. It was good stuff. Thank um, you, Chair, for the, for the question, and it is an excellent one. Uh, I am not aware, since my tenure with the city, of any such membership, uh, but I would be happy to work with you uh, on a follow-on meeting to discuss how we can dig into this and uh, understand what cost and impact might be. It's it's pretty minimal, but I'm happy to do that. I can send you the website, and, and I don't know. We, if you, you know, you probably just email them and see what the status is. Probably don't have to check through all the records. <laughs> um, I believe our principal planner just spoke at their conference. <laughs> oh, I didn't go to the conference. I was, I went to the boot camp. the very end. I'm sure nobody heard it. Were you at the boot camp? I didn't. I meant had to miss that one. Yeah, but I, I worked with Jerry Huang on that, and then one of my ex board members went to his place. Great. So just for the record, since you can't hardly hear, um, our planner um, mentioned that she's gained some experience and shared some experience about doing um, local historic local historic districts. Is that? You need to come up if we're going to. The subject of the presentation was affordable methods to try and complete an inventory update. Right. So we did neighborhood surveys. Right. Yeah. In our case, our board members all walked the neighborhoods, and then they collectively submitted their evaluation forms and voted on which ones to have the historic architect and look at. So it just kind of really cut down the number of places she had to go to try and determine if the home was relevant and should be considered for addition to the inventory. Okay, that's a method I hadn't heard of. I've heard more, more buckshot where everything gets covered and you 
either rate them non-contributing or contributing or whatever. So We're there's a about yeah, but, but neighborhood by neighborhood. yeah, good. Okay, is that a recording? Anyway, I'll ask you about that later. Um, I think that's all I had. Anybody else have anything? Oh, communications from staff. Excuse me. <laughs> I knew you wouldn't let me get away. Thank with you that. very much, Chair. <laughs> yep, a couple just quick items. Um, for the commission this evening. First and foremost, uh, CDD continues to be active in the business improvement district investigation process. We met with the bid steering committee as well as the city's bid consultant earlier this morning at the Chamber of Commerce Visitor Center. And I should note uh, a member of that steering committee is also a member of Sausalito Beautiful, Carolyn Revel. Uh, no, Revel, thank you. We have had the opportunity to work with her and uh, as well as Morgan Pierce a bit on this item, and they are both wonderful additions to that steering committee. Um, in any case, we are reviewing survey responses received from property owners in the downtown district and around the Caledonia Street district, and continue to touch base with property owners to ensure that they are providing opportunities, uh, or excuse me, appropriate feedback in connection with this bid survey to gauge their attitudes as far as participation in the bid is concerned. Um, based on previously received survey responses, the district boundaries have been reduced uh, and have actually removed Caledonia Street, redefining the bid boundaries to really only include the historic downtown district. And we will uh, continue to keep commissioners apprised of progress and updates in connection with the investigation stage of this improvement district. Uh, but we are still in early days, I think is uh, primary update, uh, but we continue to work on it. Thank you. Second update, you may have noticed that there are some new retail businesses in the city's commercial downtown along Bridgeway Boulevard. Uh, some of them, or particularly one, was mentioned this evening. That is a Morver at 666 Bridgeway. That opened up over Labor Day weekend, and I am very pleased to see the improved facade in addition to the uh, filled, formerly vacant retail space. So many thanks to the Historic Preservation Commission in connection with moving this project forward while responsibly preserving the historic elements of the building and uh, I, I might add uh, adding to them and uh, improving them. Additionally, the Holiday Shop is in town, back in town at 723 Bridgeway. It's adjacent to the now vacant Wells Fargo building, uh, which is another exciting potential new retail opportunity, uh, but that one is still in progress. So yet another vacancy addressed in our central commercial district and just in time for Christmas. Uh, thank you, Chair. Back to you. I did notice that a couple of Christmas trees when I was driving home from the city today and I went, huh? Anyway, that's good because that was a popular shop, I think. Um, that reminds me, may I ask about um, what the city's involvement or what the city can do uh, the historic Wells Fargo building is up for sale. Um, is there any contact they have to come uh, to the city for that the city could remind them that this is a very intact historical building that's only had like a ATM added and a few other things, the original doors, et cetera, et cetera, just so they get a heads up that this is the key focus downtown. So, so I have been in touch with the brokers on multiple occasions as related to the disposition uh, of this building, of this structure and property. 
Uh, and I have made very clear that it is one of the most historic and impressive facades, if I might add, in our historic downtown. And with that in mind, any changes to the facade is very likely to trigger a hearing before the Historic Preservation Commission. And certainly, uh, whatever improvements are proposed, we will want to you know, carry them forward most responsibly while maintaining Secretary of Interior Standards and uh, the historic context of, of that facade. Thank you very much for doing that because I've had numerous people ask me what what can the city do and the city, you know, that's a broker or buyer kind of thing, but they will have to come to you eventually. So I think in fairness to them, if they get a heads up that there's going to be a um, not heightened review, but heightened in the sense that there's another sort of layer of detail they'll need to go through as they consider how they'll use the building. Yeah, mo most certainly, Chair. Okay. I'm, I'm sure the term tax credits never came to mind, right? <laughs> I, I don't recall, Vice Chair. We don't have the Mills Act, so we don't offer them anything we don't have. <laughs> We've never done the Mills Act. <laughs> would, you, would you just come and state that since we're having this discussion quickly it's not just the mills act you're right there's right. a lot of other things there are state and federal <coughs> grant programs and tax relief programs for commercial and mixed-use remodeling but you have to get your plans approved in advance by the park and rec department the the historic division um, so that they're confident you're doing it to bring this building back to a really accurate historic character. and that's state parks and rec mm -hmm. it's not Sausalito. It's right. it's it's not an easy breezy kind of thing. <laughs> I was going to suggest um, some city hall adjunct down there <laughs> that would fit that character of that building, and has been done in other cities. I'm sure that's a, another economic issue, but. Um, the fact is, I, you, pro, you all know that, that uh, a lot of historic buildings like banks have been turned into adjunct facilities for cities or counties, depending on their needs. And uh, I'm not saying you need space, but um, this building definitely is another issue about historic tax credits too. But anyway. I think I heard the budget was finally balanced or projected to be balanced, and so I don't think the debt service is done on the B of A, but that's a great idea. I don't know if they'll, if they'll, if the council would consider that. Yeah, it would be great. Um, anything else before we adjourn? Thank you, everyone. Appreciate it. Appreciate your time. We'll see you the next time. Thanks very much. Thank you, Chair, you Vice Chair, Commissioner. Thank you. Bye. Uh, are we, sorry, I was going to ask this before you adjourn, but are we 